0: Hello and welcome back to the Thunder 6 podcast. I am your host Ben Kreider and today we're going to be talking about free agency and the current roster situation for the team. Now, I was actually expecting or I was planning on making some sort of like free agency preview episode podcast for y'all but honestly it looks like it would have been a waste of my time because the way our roster is now there's no way we can even make a play in free agency at least the way it is at this point in time and if i'm be real with y'all if we were even trying to be in free agency it would it would be terrible because all these names are just being overpaid You're looking at dudes like Gordon Hayward, who had like a $30 million team option with the Boston Celtics, and teams were, you know, it seemed like teams were thinking that that deal was absolutely terrible, and he should just accept it, because obviously you just want to take as much money as possible, and the thought was if he didn't pick up that player option, he wasn't going to be getting near near $30 million, maybe like... 15 to 20 million maybe a little bit higher but the expectation was he would not be getting anything close to 30 million he turns around on like the first day of free agency and inks a four-year 120 million dollar contract with the hornets like what the hell i don't know where that came from but if the hornets really want to pay him 30 million dollars they sure can he's nowhere close to that at this point like he played well for the Boston Celtics. He was like 17 to 18 points per game in a role that really didn't fit him too well. He kind of got screwed over in Boston after he got injured. But yeah, I mean, he was producing well, but you, you're not going to, I don't know why you'd give a 30 year old with the current, like the current view of the Charlotte Hornets is not really playoff team. Why would you give Gordon Hayward 30 million dollars? He pairs, I guess you can pair him with LaMelo. Like, I don't know, but are you really going to make a playoff run with your core being LaMelo and Gordon Hayward? I'm not too sure about that. And they kind of need more pieces anyways. So I would have tried to just lose games and get a high draft pick for next season. Get a guy, another young guy to place next to LaMelo. You're not even looking at that right now. You're looking at maybe... You're looking at like seven through ten playoff odds when you're in the East, and all you really need is a couple guys, and they have a couple guys now. When you're talking the Melo, and then you have Gordon Hayward, I they still I think they still technically need to work out a sign and trade, but they have decent players. They still have Graham on the roster. I think they still have Rozier on the roster. They have decent players, so I expect them to be like a kind of in the playoff hunt so that kind of sucks for them and it's kind of I don't understand why they would do that now another just brain dead move that I thought why would you give Danilo Gallinari like as much money as he got the Hawks gave him a three-year a and dollar contract now we didn't get anything from this people thought that gallo we were gonna get like a first from gallo and i was really high on gallo i thought his trade value would net us a really nice pick um turns out he doesn't net us anything he just went straight out the door and he's in atlanta now but like if we wanted to run if we wanted to run it back because let's be real in my opinion last year last year's thunder team was one of the most fun Thunder teams to watch. It's probably up there with like the Russell Westbrook MVP year in 2012. So that was one of my favorite Thunder teams, and it sucks that I mean everyone's gone pretty much outside of Gallo, Baisley, and Dort. Um, but if we planned on running it back with our guys, it wouldn't have even been possible because how the how are we supposed to give Danilo Gallinari? Like, $20.5 million a year for three years. He's already 32 years old. He's a great shooter, and he might be worth that contract for, like, this year. But, for, like, imagine him. He's going to be, like, 30 what? He's going to be 34 in the last year of his contract. And you're going to be paying him over $20 million. Like, what? I You know, the Hawks... They're trying to win now, so I guess I get it, but you have to look at it like this. They just got a, they just got Danilo Gallinari, who is going to be the starting power forward, I would expect. They have Cam Reddish there already. They have DeAndre Hunter there, you know, for like their guards. They have Young, all these guys, and they signed Rondo. So they have a nice roster, but they're kind of getting... It's kind of a weird spot with their big man because collins john collins is a power forward slash center and danilo gallinari definitely is going to be playing a big role at power forward i don't know exactly where he lies in the rotation but they just picked up on yeko kongwu in the first round this year like he is a rim protector he is a power forward center probably more of a center what happens to john collins because the way this looks, it looks like they just don't care about him anymore. And he was perfect with Trey Young. Now, I'm not saying they're just throwing him to the Lions. Like, they're not going to give John Collins away. But it's kind of confusing why you would get Onyeko Kongwu. I think they had, like, this... They had a good pick. I don't remember exactly where it was. It was a top 10 pick. I think it's, like, 6. I don't know why you would take him when... You could have easily gotten some other guys on the board. I mean, you had options everywhere. You had I think at that spot you had point guards like killing Hayes. That's who I like. I mean, Halliburton was there. Obi Toppin was there. Um obviously with Collins there, that wouldn't really help. I mean, it's kind of the same thing. But I think Denny uh Advia was also there. He's a small forward. He might have been he might have been perfect with them, honestly. O'Kong was a good player and I think he's a like a good center, but John Collins just became a question mark, and if they really came into the draft thinking they were going to take Onyeka Okongwu, they either should have just moved John Collins or not giving Gallinari what they gave him, because he got a crap ton of money for a pretty long time, so I'm just kind of confused how this all fits, because like Like what the hell is going to happen with John Collins? Anyways, that's just one of those deals where I'm thinking like that's just a complete overpay and does it even like help their guys out? I'm not completely sure. Collins is screwed. One other move that might even be worse than the other two. Davis Bertons from the Wizards. He got a five million or no, sorry. He got a five year, $80 million contract with the Washington Wizards. He's like a one trick pony. He's already 28 years old, and he pretty much is just a straight-up sharpshooter, which, I mean, it's probably the most valuable thing to have right now in the NBA. But $80 million? A five-year $80 million contract for him? Like, and you're the Wizards. You're not even contending. It just doesn't make any sense to ink him for that long and for that much money. He's going to be there, yeah, I mean, he's going to be what? like 30, I think it's like 33 years old by the time this thing's over with, so it's kind of a weird move seeing how the Wizards are not like in a position to contend right now, I mean if John Wall is able to get back to 100% maybe, but there's a lot of just weird stuff going on in Washington, like who knows what the future holds for them, I don't know if Bertons, they expect him to just come back this season and just ball out i mean if you're giving him that much money you that's probably what the thought is i just don't know why you would pay him that much money for your current situation maybe it's just like i mean he wouldn't you wouldn't want to trade him because he was getting like the wizards were getting first round picks offered for burtons and didn't take them so they want the guy it's just like that long and that much money for just a straight-up shooter I don't know. He's one of the best in the NBA, but you'd think maybe he might be replaceable. There's got to be other shooters that are power forwards in the NBA that could do a much better... Not a much better job, but for the money you're giving Bertons, for like 4 or $5 million, you could probably find a, a stretch four somewhere. So I don't get it. And then you have another stretch four who also i think got overpaid marcus morris for the clippers four years 64 million dollars like what on earth i mean he has a little bit of reputation to his name so maybe and people were saying that he's good but for the clippers he really wasn't even playing that well he was playing well for the new york knicks before he got moved to the clippers last season he was averaging like 20 points, but when you're when you were playing on that New York Knicks team, it's like those stats. Do they really mean a ton? Like you're just kind of out there doing whatever. Your goal is not. I mean, your goal is winning, but it doesn't happen that much. So he's dropping 20 a game, but how much does that actually help you win the game? I don't know. When he got placed into the Clippers, and it was like he was he already had like stars with him. He had Paul George and Kawhi. His role was shrunken down. He averaged, like, 11 points per game. Why are you giving someone $16 million to average 11 points per game? Uh, It's kind of stupid, but it's it's the LA Clippers, so you want them to make moves like that. And then down the road, when you have a washed-up Marcus Morris, he's 31 right now. He's going to be, like, what, 32, 33, 34... Yeah, he's gonna be like 34, 35 years old by the end of his contract. That's probably gonna be more than sixteen mil, just seeing how contracts tend to work out. Like, why would why would you do that? I know they wanna win now because if they are if they lose Kawhi and Paul George, their franchise is going to be in like in absolute shambles for the next 25 years. Which being a Thunder fan. That's completely fine by me. They can be in shambles for 25 years. Because that means we are going to have some great draft picks for like at least... I don't know. I forgot how many they gave us. But we're going to have some nice draft picks if they just completely blow up. So, they're trying to play it safe. They're overpaying, in my opinion, to get a piece. Uh, They want to run it back. I mean, they got Serge Ibaka for way less money. And you can almost argue that Ibaka is a better player than Marcus Morris anyways. So... I mean they did it out of necessity but for that long and that much straight up overpay so if we're gonna put it in a perspective for us we're a small market and a lot of these teams really aren't even small market teams they're just overpaying if we wanted a guy like jeremy grant per se he got 20 million dollars or he got a three-year 60 million dollar contract with the pistons i think i don't know i think that's a little bit above his range He's shown flashes like since OKC that he could be a really good player. In Detroit, he's going to have the opportunity because he was just kind of stuck in a Denver team where all the players are really solid and he really couldn't break out. I mean, he showed times he did. He's going to be good in Detroit. Maybe that contract looks decent. And Denver also offered the same deal. But it's just like people are paying a lot of money and... For a team like us if we wanted to really compete again if we never traded like chris paul and all this we had the same team it'd be an absolute nightmare because we wouldn't have gone gallo we wouldn't have paid him knowing presti and then who's our replacement and how much we pay for a replacement for power forward just doesn't work out and i still like a couple guys on the board i don't think we're gonna get them back i don't think we're gonna be able to get a roster spot to get them but it would be like Melvin Frazier who, if y'all don't know, he was, I believe, the 2018 draft class. He got picked before Mitchell Robinson. And I always do like little mock-ups on, on draft classes and like who I like and all that. I had Melvin Fraser and Mitchell Robinson being absolute steals. Now, I couldn't have been more perfect on Mitchell Robinson. I mean, he's He's looking like a straight-up steal. Now, Frazier is a completely different story, and y'all probably never heard of the guy. He got picked 35th to the Magic. He was like a—I forgot what year he came out of Tulane, but he came out of Tulane. He's in ag- hes aggressive as hell on defense. He's got some long arms. I don't—his wingspan's like six ten plus. I feel like it's gotta be like six eleven. He's six foot five. Disruptive defender. Presty would love him. He showed he could shoot the mid-range in college, but he just hasn't played in the NBA. So, I really can't tell you how he translate right now cuz he just he just got stuck with like the Lakeland Magic. Never got a real chance. He got screwed over. I would have loved to pick him up because I do still like him. I think on defense, I mean, he's a he has NBA level defense. Just based off his college tape, I can say that. Um He just hasn't gotten the experience. He's like 24 or 25, I'd like to say now. Um, Maybe 23, but it's not like he's super young for going into his third year because he played a decent amount in college. But yeah, anyways, I would have loved to have him. We just have so much guards, like shooting guard-wise. Maybe you could slide him at three, but we're kind of stuck in the rotation. We have like 22 guys. 20 if you're not counting the two-way players. So I'm just going to say 20 because that's the main roster. We have 20 guys. We got to cut a lot of people. We wouldn't really be able to cut down a ton. And even with that, the chances we snag Melvin Fraser are slim. He's a nice pickup though. And I think whoever signs him for, uh, I'd assume a minimum, is going to be really happy if he even makes an NBA roster. I think that's kind of a question mark. Another dude that we w- I would have loved... Deontay Burton because he got absolutely screwed by us like a couple years ago he got brought into the brought into the franchise he killed everybody in summer league and he looked like he looked like a steal like he didn't even get drafted he had he played in I think it was like Japan or South Korea for a year comes into the summer league with Diallo and crushes everyone he's doing He's hitting like game winners. He's pulling up with you know with this left hand shot for him. Beautiful shot, by the way. He's hitting it all. He's cutting in, dunking on people, stealing it, dunking it. He he did it all for us that year. He's even blocking. He looked perfect. And then we gave him a two way contract. He looked great, so that got upgraded. But we never gave him a shot. Billy Donovan. If if there's one thing I can complain about outside of like those. The PG and Russell Westbrook years in the playoffs, when it came, when it came time, he just crumbled. Can you completely blame it on Donovan? I don't know. I mean, Paul George is still in history. He he just can't play in the playoffs since you know he got traded from Indiana. But yeah, if if there's one thing I can knock him on, it's how bad of a job he did with Deontay Burton. He shouldn't have been, you know, people were complaining about him this year for like chucking random ass passes and taking weird shots. The only time he even got minutes was when we're up like 45 points in the game. And even with that, you give him like a minute or two tops. We, you know, the Houston Rockets game when Russell Westbrook came back, I was at that game. We were up like 30 points. It felt like the whole entire second half. Like, they were not going to come back. And Billy Donovan was throwing everybody out there. He was throwing the damn towel boys out there before he'd put Burton in. That's how bad it was. I don't know. Like, he was refusing to put in Burton. And by that point, I think it was pretty obvious. He just didn't have a role. He was like the 15th guy on the team at that point. But still donovan just never wanted to throw him on the court he showed so much potential in that summer league and you throw patrick patterson out there so you can sit in the corner 12 minutes do literally nothing i mean he shoots the ball you're lucky if he hits the rim right he's not he wasn't a stretch four for us he stunk and burton just had to sit there if he was even on the main roster that day he'd just sit there and have to watch that like i know he's not really a power forward. But you could have just tried a small ball lineup. Like, I feel like that probably had to have been thought of before, and it just never happened. And if it did, they just never wanted to try it again. I've never, I never saw Burton out there at small forward, power forward. And he was just, he's like 6'5, 6'4, 240 pounds. And he's probably more than that. He's probably like 260. He's a big ass dude. You could put him at power forward. I mean, he had, he had major problems fouling, but. That's what comes with playing in the NBA. You kind of get the wrinkles out. You got to you got to get loose and get used to the game. He never got that shot and the Thunder whenever the Thunder declined his player option, I was really, you know, hoping that we would have just accepted it and given him a chance in, you know, with our team, but we just blew it. So his future is up in the air. He would have been great to throw on this roster finally give him a shot at this point you know the potential's kind of capped because whenever we got him he you know he had potential he was like 23 i think he's like 25 or 26 now so the potential like the amount of growth there's got to be a lot because if he didn't play just so like erratically and just weird whenever he got minutes chucking shots just low IQ plays. He would have been a solid piece and if he gets signed like to a minimum contract somewhere else and he gets real minutes, I think he will be a like a decent NBA player, but we just never gave him a real shot at it and it's no surprise why he's at the position he is now and it's not even his fault. It's because we just did a terrible job giving him opportunities. The same can kind of be said with Diallo. I mean, he didn't really get to play a ton, and we gave Terrence Ferguson minutes over the guy when Diallo has had promising performances and Terrence Ferguson had one, like, rookie year against the Lakers or something. So, I don't know. I think that, you know, that summer league, those two summer league guys, they kind of botched up. uh, Happy to see Diallo's back. Real shame Burton isn't with the team. One of my favorite guys. Uh, i would be ecstatic if we managed to pick him back up odds are slim hopefully someone in the nba gives him the shot because i don't think he's gonna jack that up now um those are just my those are my two main guys that i thought the thunder would do well with and the way that our team looks now i think they'd fit um another dude is christian wood who did get a really good contract with the Rockets, like. Out of all the main free agent deals, Christian Woods probably the only one where I'm like, this is a really good deal. He might even be underpaid. He got a four or no, he got a three year $41 million contract with the Rockets. He's only 25, and he balled out on the Pistons. Like he's he was dropping double doubles pretty much every game, 2010, maybe even 30 point games every once in a while um he should have been the most improved player if I had a ballot he's most improved player easy he went from being the pretty much I mean he had to fight out I think I said this in one of my first podcasts it doesn't I don't know if any of y'all listen to that but he had to fight out like Joe Johnson in order to get into the NBA with the Pistons um last year and he just climbed from the last dude on the team having to beat out a big a big 3 player to debatably the best dude on the D- Detroit Pistons and now look at him he's he got a nice contract with the rockets um i think the rockets have a real steal here he could be like a 18.10 rebound guy and i mean that's what like 13 14 pretty much 14 million dollars a year that's great value I you know I would love if Presti signed a guy like that. My expectations are kind of high sometimes. That's probably one of those deals. And do you really think Christian Wood would prefer to be with us um, as opposed to with James Harden and Russell Westbrook as it stands? Uh, I doubt it. I don't think he wants to be part of a rebuild again. I think that's why he got out of Detroit but they are, Detroit actually improved, but I think he'd just rather be on the Rockets, because they do need a center, and, you know, he's more of a power forward, but you can try him at center, and, you know, athletic dude, he kind of fits with Harden and Westbrook, I think, so it's a great fit with uh, with that, Christian Wood's going to surprise people, Um, but yeah, that that was just my thought on the free agency, and I really don't think we're going to be able to do much about it, but the, the other main thing I wanted to talk about today was what is going on with our current roster because there have been so many deals going on and even like myself who tends to check like hoop rumors and Twitter and Woj, all the stuff, all the sources out there, I'm always checking to see what's going on, especially around the off season Like we've been dealing everybody. I can't even keep up with it and I feel like I... I'm a pretty big fan. So, yeah, the The way it is now, we have 20 guys on our team on a full NBA roster contract. We have two guys on the two-way deals and one Exhibit 10. The two-way deals and the Exhibit 10s are fine. The things we need to key on are the 20 NBA roster spots that we have filled. We can't have that. We have to have 15. So, five dudes have to be cut. And you know the way we do that might be a little bit tricky and we're gonna have some waves that players may not like so just trying to keep you know keep y'all up on what the trades have been because i still like i had to refresh my memory i really you know didn't have a memorized roster in my head whenever i was thinking oh what's the thunders roster right now i couldn't tell you the way it is, um the deals that we made and I'm going to start back on draft night. I I showed, I talked about those in my last one, but it's fine. Draft night, we traded, we made a trade to get Al Horford. This was before the draft. We got Al Horford, a protected 2025 first, Theo Maladin, who's an absolute beast. And then rights to this point guard in like Serbia or whatever. He's overseas micich he's 26 i don't expect him to come over we got them and then we just gave up danny green and terrence ferguson that's completely fine um horford's contract sucks so you know they got a dude in danny green and a prospect you know prospect and terrence ferguson we'll see how he does with them he he might do well um didn't really work with us might work with Philadelphia better, but yeah, we got them Maybe you could have asked for a little more. We didn't get it. It's fine Uh, maladin's a beast. I really love him If y'all want to listen to like some in-depth analysis on all the three players we got through the draft Actually four if you want to count our two-way guy we signed listen to my other podcast this is more just briefly going over the moves and then Just more focused on what the roster will look like, but yeah maladin's nice horford you just gotta absorb the contract that's how we got all this stuff but yeah and then our our other deal we made was we traded the 25th pick which was emmanuel quickly number 28 which was jaden mcdaniels and ricky rubio and we got alexei pokachevsky james johnson and a 2024 second just keeping it brief pokachevsky is an absolute freak like he's 18 years old he's seven feet tall 7'3 wingspan that's a perfect build for the NBA and his measurables you can kind of compare him to Giannis whenever he came out now the playstyles were different but Giannis had 7'3 wingspan coming out of the draft and he was like 6'10 6'11 and then they were both like really underweight he's like 201 but yeah Pokachevsky if he's bulking up in the next couple seasons that's gonna be perfect he hasn't really been able to you know put a lot of contact into players just due to him being really thin that's gonna get fixed but he's shown the capability to shoot the ball uh for the most part teams would leave him open but he would still knock down his three-pointers he'd do some step backs if necessary to get open off those so for dribbling he's not stringing up crazy stuff but he will get you with a step back or like in transition behind the backs He'll get you frozen there and then he got an easy layup. He's got a nice touch on the layups. But yeah. I think the best quality of him. Passing vision for a seven footer. Amazing. He would, you know, go up for the shot and just out uh, mid-air, kick it out to the guy in the corner. Easy. He's doing tap passes in the middle alley oops. And then he's doing like no-look passes in transition. He's throwing bullet um bullet passes um out outlet passes off the rebounds and then in transition i mean he's not explosively fast but you know whenever you're not counting in dribble moves just running up and down the court he's a fast guy he can get the rebound and run to the other side give you a layup but yeah um for what we gave up it's a decent package rubio's like a starter in the nba two first round picks but pokachevsky has the potential to be great. He had the highest ceiling out of anyone left. So, for the situation we're in, you cannot complain about that. And then James Johnson, just kind of a throw-in. And then we got 20 24 seconds so that's not too bad. And then the, the other trade we did, we gave away like our 53rd draft pick. I think it's 52nd or 53rd, one of those. Let's cash this Winston and then a future second. We got Vic karegi and Admiral Schofield kreji is like a six foot eight point guard. He's like, he's he's more of a finisher. He I'm his shot is not completely there. He hasn't shot a ton. He's kind of been injured a lot, but he loves running into the paint, getting contact, and he's a decent passer and good dribbler. I like him as like a point forward or an off ball dude. That's just me. Especially if he develops that three. I I think he's more of a stash dude. I don't have him on the roster right now and if he actually inks a deal and comes over that's going to create absolute pandemonium because you can barely fit 15 dudes on this team and if you're dropping a dude you're going to be dropping a guy that could potentially be a nice piece for y'all in the future because a lot of dudes that are left on the final 15 are super young and if i had to swap vic in for somebody it'd be like a 23 22 year old so yeah, and then Admiral Schofield didn't get a play a ton. He was decent in the G League for the Wizards. We'll take him, see what we can do with him. But yeah, after the draft day, our roster looked like SGA, Dort, Kelly Oubre, Baisley, Steven Adams, and then the bench was Maladin, Hamadou Diallo, Isaiah Roby, Mike Muscala, Horford. Our third strings was Jalen Q up point. Schofield at shooting guard vit um i had him at small forward i honestly don't even want to count him because i think he is a stash guy but yeah him and then we had alexei pokachevsky so it's not a bad thing at all i I think you had you know the the starting fives is not going to be like a tank tank but it's going to be in the west i think a bottom three team maybe you know bottom two bottom one and if you really were that focused on getting a top three you know being a top three worst team so you can get the highest lottery odds you wouldn't have to stress it you just move dudes at the deadline so I didn't think there was any urgency to move dudes particularly Adams and uh, Ubre. but things got a little bit confusing because Presti just wanted to move everybody now so after the draft we received vincent poirier from the celtics who he's a center he's like 28 um yeah he's 27 28 years old never really had a real shot with the celtics i don't even know if he has a real shot with us we got him in a million dollars so we'll take that and then we just gave up conditional second round pick like if we're a top team in the NBA next year, which is not going to happen. They get our pick. So we pretty much got Poirier and a million dollars for nothing. So on the surface, that looks good. A little bit, you know, maybe not so much. But yeah, that happened. And then we got a Warriors 2021 first. 1 through 20 is protected. So the only way we get it is if the Warriors are a top 10 team in the NBA. The way it is now, it's gonna be close. I wouldn't bet on it. I think it's really a coin toss with Thompson being out. They got Ubre, so he's not a bad guy. You'll, you know, maybe he can fill in. Their starting five's not absolute garbage, but if you had Klay Thompson there, man, the Warriors would be a, a real threat again. So that, it really sucks for them. You're just kind of hoping Ubre can step up and fill in that role and. Yeah, but we got a protected pick. Maybe it pans out. Maybe it doesn't. I was thinking, like, why would you force a deal now? I think Oubre is an unrestricted free agent next year, so you don't want to let him just walk away for nothing, I guess. But it would have been fun to have a a young a young dude at small forward with our core. He might have turned up and averaged, like, 23 a game. So, I don't know. I, I wasn't a huge fan of the move at the beginning, but... It's one of those deals where he may just end up walking for nothing later on. So, you know, maybe by the end of the season, it'll it'll make more sense, I suppose, if that Warriors pick pans out and we get it. But, yeah. Uh, The deal we did after that, we were involved in a three-team deal with Dallas and Detroit. So, we got Justin Jackson from Dallas... As well as Trevor Ariza from Detroit, who's got moved so many times this week. Um, he's with us. The Mavericks got James Johnson, who we picked up from the Pokachevsky trade on draft day. So he got moved. And then the Pistons got Delon Wright. So at that point, it's like, all right, uh, I think it's a good time to stop. We have, you know, we already gave away Oubre, there's not really anyone else we can move like Adams is an asset but do we even want to move the guy I don't know about that well we end up doing it so we laced ourselves into the Drew Holiday trade and just gave up Steven Adams so we gave Steven Adams up and in return we got a Denver lottery protected 2023 first we got two second round picks and 20 or yeah one in twenty twenty three and one in twenty twenty four. We got George Hill from Milwaukee. We got Kenrich Williams, Josh Gray, and Zylan Cheatham. All three of those dudes that I listed, Williams, Gray, and Cheatham. They were part they got signed and trade deals, three year deals. Only the first year is guaranteed. And I think each of them are making around one and a half million. So all three of them got bunched in. And then we got Darius Miller, who is locked in for seven mil with us this year. So we end up trading Adams for what is it? I'd like to say Yeah, five players we got in return for Steven Adams. And I don't know. I think the youngest one is like 20... 25, twenty five, I'd like to say. Yeah, I don't I think all of them are Yeah, I think the youngest is like twenty four or twenty five. Let's cheat them. But anyways, we got all that haul for Adams Denver got RJ Hampton out of the deal Bucks got Drew Holiday and Sam Merrill who's like a last pick in the draft and then the Pelicans got a straight up haul they got Steven Adams Eric Bledsoe and the Bucks 2025 and 2027 unprotected first so if Giannis leaves they're getting too high first and they got Adams and Bledsoe that was probably one of the best moves of this whole entire offseason, if I'm gonna be honest. But yeah. The last deal that we've made as of now, you never know if we make more. We got TJ Leaf and a future second round pick for Jalen LeCue. Now, I was super high on Jalen LeQ. The way it is now, he is really he's just an athletic freak. He's like what Hamidou Diallo is now, but you shrink him down. He's he's a point guard only Diallo's a shooting guard I think that's the only position Diallo is but yeah he's taller is just a bigger version of Q is Lequeux doesn't have a jump shot and playmaking wise it's not crazy so he's really just a finisher but it was a great project you know him being added in that cp3 deal it was perfect because it looked like on the surface we were a great fit for him. Now, with us getting Maladin, who I have as a point guard. I think he's a point guard. He's 6'5", so maybe you slide him at the 2. But I think we just had too many point guards. And Presti was like, you know, we have, a, we have no backups. We have no backups for big man. So they got a phone call. Pacers are trying to fleece they're giving up TJ Leaf who didn't really ever have a role with the Pacers anyways and then a second round pick we give him Jalen LeQ. I'm, I'm pretty disappointed by this one I don't think Leaf I think Leaf's just like a certified role player Lequeu is a boomer bust dude and I think I'd I'd rather have a boomer bust guy than have just a solid 23 year old piece like I don't know I think Lequeu, if we're being honest, there's like an 80% chance he's like Hamadou Diallo where he's flashy as hell and, you know, in in the fast break when he's just by himself, you know, get your cameras out because it's going to be nice. But there's not much else to the game besides that. So if Lequeu can develop, he'll be a good player in the NBA. Right now he's just a prospect. Presty would rather keep around other guys than him. You know, you get an extra second, and you feel a need at power forward. Guess you take the deal. It's it's kind of disappointing, um, but it is what it is. So, the way our team is now, we have four point guards on the roster. Arguably, a fifth if you're counting Maladin. I'm not. Our five point guards are SGA, George Hill, Ty Jerome, and Josh Gray. At shooting guard, we have Lugwens Dort, we have Hamdu Diallo, Theo Maladin, and Admiral Schofield. At small forward, we have five dudes right now. We have Trevor Ariza, Justin Jackson, Darius Miller, Isaiah Roby, and Kenrich Williams. And also, our two-way player, Josh Hall, he's 20. He's also a small forward, so... On the actual NBA team, there's five, but if you're counting Hall, six. So there's a lot of guys there. At power forward, we have Baisley, Pokachevsky, Leaf, and Cheatham. And at center, we have Horford, Muscala, and Poirier. That's 20 dudes. You got to cut that down to 15, and you'd think you could just pile a ton of them into deals, but. Does Presti want to... I think if you're going to try to trade these guys, you need to attach assets, and we're not going to be throwing in second-round picks to get rid of dudes that we willingly traded for today, or, you know, this past these past couple weeks. So I, I, my deal, I wanted to fix this issue and get us to 15. Now, the likelihood of it panning out the way I say, there, it's not a big chance. So don't, don't take this, what I say... And think this is what the roster is going to be because there could be many more trades that go on I only have one potential deal and it may not even happen. So I had to figure out what guys do we need to waive first? First dude I have is Poirier. Now we just traded for him and we got a million dollars plus him but his contract he has 2.6 million dollars guaranteed. So if we're, if we're letting him loose we'd pretty much be giving up, I mean, 2.6 technically, but the Celtics gave us a million dollars. So it's like 1.6 million to to waive Poirier. And I don't think an NBA team is going to be pouncing on him. He hasn't played spectacular in the NBA. And we kind of just picked him up. What I believe at the time, I believe we picked up Poirier out of necessity. And now with TJ Leaf, it kind of opens it up a bit. So I think Poirier is expendable. I think he's gone, and we also picked up Moses Brown, a two-way player. He's like seven foot two. I think I think we you know we'd rather have Brown just playing up if we need a, a third-string center, than just keep Poirier on the roster where we know he just doesn't have a future with our team. So I I think Poirier is an easy decision. Sucks he has to go, but. you gotta go man next dude josh gray we got him in the sign-in trade he's 28 already he's a point guard we don't need him as is he's he's the last dude on our depth chart and leque was already kicked out i can't imagine we prefer josh gray over leque that'd just be insane so josh gray is gone he has a um he has one point six million dollars guaranteed. So you rack that up. If you're gonna add those two together, um with Poirier and Gray, that is four point two million dollars that you're gonna have to cut. Or yeah, that you're waving right there. Another dude, Kenrich Williams from the sign and trade. 1.6 million dollars guaranteed. He's gone, man. We have too many small forwards. We have five, and he's—you know—he's he, already 25. He—he he doesn't have star potential, really. He's a—he's a role player in the NBA, and I think he can be like a bench dude on the NBA, just not really with our team in our situation. I'd rather have a young—a young dude getting minutes over Kenrich Williams, so he'd be dished out xylan cheat them i didn't want to have to say he got waived but he has to he's 25 he's a six foot five 240 pound um power forward out of arizona state and it's like i don't want to i don't want to say he's getting waived and maybe there's a deal worked out where he can somehow stay but lou dort and him were teammates at ASU. And Dort has been going crazy on Instagram. About him being brought on the team. If I'm Dort. And I hear that my former teammate. Got traded to us. Like two days ago. And then. Like immediately gets cut. I'm going to be even more pissed. Than I already would be. Because there's only like two or three. Returning teammates. Um, that really played. I mean I guess. I guess. There's Diallo and there's Isaiah Roby, if you want to count those. I'm thinking more like Muscala, Basley, and SGA, just in the perspective of Dort. I'd be pissed because there's a lot of new faces, and it went from you being almost saving the day and killing Harden and the Rockets to y'all trying to tank for the first pick. You don't get, you know, and your buddy's there from ASU, and now he's just taken away. I wouldn't be happy, and I think the management knows. What comes with getting him? You don't want to piss off Dort because he's a long-term guy. I I wouldn't want to let go of him, but just the way it is, I could see Presty making a move like this. Sadly, and Dort would probably be pissed off. Um, so Cheatham's gone. So that that's four dudes off the bat that are waived. You still gotta find one more to get down to 15 that's 7.2 million dollars off the books by the way you're still paying those contracts it's just they're you know they're free agents just getting money from us so they don't have a bad deal at all but you still got to get down to uh 15 so this is done through a trade and the deal if it were to be made it has to be made december 11th or later because the pieces we use have just been traded to us and restrictions or rules i guess for this year make us wait a little bit till we trade um trade these guys so it's george hill and darius miller to the miami heat for kelly olenek and a 2022 second round pick and the pick is the less favorable pick out of denver or philadelphia so it's probably a late uh, late pick it's probably a 50s pick alongside linux now George Hill and Darius Miller are two solid vets but we just need to free up guys Olenek is a solid veteran he's on a good expiring deal he's making around 12 million dollars but you know I could just see Presti wanting to make this to narrow down the roster and hell we get a really bad second-round pick, but that's still a second-round pick. So, hey, maybe you can flip Linux at the end of the deadline due to the expiring. And, I mean, he's not a bad power forward center if you want to throw him at center too. But, yeah. then he also fills up the role Poirier would have had. I mean, I think Linux is a second-string, dude. Poirier is a third-string. But, anyways... A link would be a a nice dude to have on your bench and he'd get real minutes for you. George Hill. They need a point guard to back up Drajic in Miami. Hill's your guy. Darius Miller, he's a seven million dollar expiring. Miami likes it would like an expiring deal. They want to make a splash in free agency. Maybe they'd just rather keep a Linux, but I mean, there's only a five million dollar difference between Miller's deal and a Linux. So, if you just value Hill that much, you know, you swap a Linux for Miller, it's not that bad. They already signed Mo Harkless. So, finding minutes for um, Harkless and Miller, they're going to have to be all split up. But yeah, those two are gone. We get a Linux in a second round pick. Now, a Linux out of there because Miami pretty much found his replacement already. They signed or they drafted um precious achua in the first round this year and then they signed myers leonard to um a nine million dollar contract which he didn't even play in the playoffs and he's making nine mil like what the hell miami he's not myers leonard's not a bad player but nine million dollars stretching a little i just think this shows they don't really have a Linux in their future plans and they don't mind moving them now, that trade will get you to the 15 players roster. So, the way it is, you have three point guards now, and positions have been changed to fit, I think, where they would be best. Your three point guards are SGA, starting. Off the bench, you got Theo Maladin, and Ty Jerome's your third-string guy. Uh, That's not bad. I mean, you cut it down from, I think it was like four or five dudes if you want. Yeah. You cut it down from four dudes to three. Five if you count on the queue. Those are three decent guards. They're, you know, SGA's 22. Maladin's 19. Jerome's 23. Maladin has a lot of promise. Alexander's kind of a budding star. And Jerome... He, he was known for his shot and his playmaking. His shot really wasn't there last season. Maybe you can rekindle that and be productive for you. But, yeah. Shooting guard-wise, you got Lou Dort, Hamadou Diallo, and Admiral Schofield. Now, Schofield was a dude that I was considering. Maybe he misses the cut and we keep, like, cheat them instead and Schofield's at the door. We just traded for the guy, so I'd like to think Presti has a future for him. But yeah, Lou Dort, he's a quality shooting guard. He's already a starter in the NBA, no doubt. Diallo has shown upside. Finally give him a chance with the team. And Schofield, give him minutes every once in a while. So, small forward. We have Trevor Ariza still, which you know, I've been, I've been rambling about so much. Honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if people if y'all maybe forgot, but Trevor Ariza is still on our team and he'd be the starting small forward. He's 35. I don't know if he'd be on the team for that long, but he's that veteran. He's one of the only veterans we have left on the, on the squad. So Ariza is your starter, Justin Jackson. He, uh, he's your backup. He's 25. And then we have Roby who is, I believe, 23. And then we have Josh Hall, Josh Hall, who's on a two-way contract, 20 years old. Power forward, you got Darius Baisley, 20. Mike Muscala, he's only 29. And Pokachevsky, who's 18. And he's a dude who is a small forward, power forward as of now. Maybe center if he bulks up. He's small forward or power forward, in my opinion. Um... As it is now. And maybe, just maybe, uh if Josh Hall balls out, Roby might be on the hot seat. Because if pokachevsky is your power forward and your small forward, and Josh Hall is strictly your small forward. Roby's a strict small forward as well. So there's a lot of you know people fighting for one spot. Roby might be the odd man out there. You you, you can never know. But yeah, you got those two that power forward, and at center. You got Al Horford, he's 34. Kelly Olenek, who we get from the trade. It's an asterisk because obviously the deal hasn't happened and all that. He's your second string. And then TJ Leaf is your third string guy who just gets minutes, power forward, center. Whatever you need, he's there. And we have a two-way deal. Moses Brown's your two-way contract at center. Play him. Um... As it is now, TJ Leaf is really kind of an undersized center, anyways. Moses Brown's like seven two, so he has a real height of a center. You bring him up and try him out because Alinek and Horford are not in the future. Moses Brown might be. Uh, you never know. Just give him a crack at it, see how he plays for you. So those are your. That's your current 15 man roster plus Josh Hall and Moses Brown. At least that's what I would believe the team would look like now i couldn't have predicted all these random trades would have happened and we would have like dudes like josh hall kenrich williams etc there's just some weird moves that happen, and i wouldn't be shocked if even weirder ones happen in the next couple weeks so this may end up being outdated in a little bit but as of now that's what i believe the roster would look like so Make sure to tell me what y'all think about this. If you have any suggestions um, for the roster, any ideas, make sure to tell me. But other than that, guys, thank y'all for listening, and I will catch you all next time.